Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. Today, we're talking with Andrea De Cavallo, Master Teacher from Sydney Catholic Schools, to give some practical tips for parents with kids in primary school who are now engaged with distance learning. You're listening to Coogee Voice. Be positive. This is really a unique set of circumstances. I know we're several weeks in and we've just been told that we've got at least another four to go. Let's focus on the opportunities that this affords us to do schooling differently. I think number four tip would be something like incorporating a daily ritual, something that's fun. Something that you step away from your computer from as well as the parent and actually do give some time to the child. Consider a dance-off. The children will not remember what they learnt, but they will remember how they felt. Andrea, welcome to Coogee Voice. How are you going today? I'm really well, thanks, Marjorie. Thanks for having me on. And how are you going with lockdown? Look, not too bad, to be honest. I am in a very lucky position where I live in an apartment with a nice sunny outlet. I live with my husband, who I still get on with, so I'm pretty lucky. And I don't have any children at home. My children are all grown up, so my work is transferable online, and as a result, that's kind of all sorted. I study when I'm not working. And so my brain is really occupied with challenging things, which I think stop me from worrying about some of these extraneous things that are happening outside. So I think you have a choice about the way you think and the way you react to things. Like we don't have a choice about what's happening, but we have a choice about how we respond to it. So I choose to keep busy. I choose to try to find the positive. And, uh, and I know I am very lucky. We are very lucky. Now, before we get into some practical tips for parents who might be struggling at this time, teaching from home, it is incredibly difficult. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, Marjorie, I've been in teaching all of my working life. So that's um, more than 35 years now. I've taught in in Melbourne and extensively in Canberra and now in Sydney, my role is master teacher. So I'm very, very lucky and I work with some excellent teachers, but I don't have a class of my own and I'm not linked to one school of my own. I'm engaged with lots of teachers in their classrooms at their schools. Wonderful. So you are quite skilled and you're uh, in quite a poised position to give us some advice uh, here today on Coogee Voice. Now, distance learning. <sighs> Deep breath. As a former educator myself, this is by far not the easiest job. Uh, there are many parents out there and carers who are now becoming educators and they themselves do not have the hard skills or background to be able to do this. What are some practical steps and advice that you can be giving parents who are now uh, engaged at learning from home with their children? Yeah, Marjorie, look, I love what you're saying. And I think there are actually so many ways to think about this. 
And when you say, you know, there's a dis- difference, isn't there, between homeschooling, for whom some people have actually actively made that choice and they actually have to develop a curriculum and they've planned to teach their children, as opposed to this situation, which is remote learning. And that's what the students are doing. They're learning remotely. There is no expectation for parents to have to teach. If their own children are finding things tricky, that's a really awesome time to back off, take a breath, take a step away and take it easy and not feel as though it's their role to actually have to do any specific teaching. So that would be my number one tip is be positive. This is really a unique set of circumstances. I know we're several weeks in and we've just been told that we've got at least another four to go. Let's focus on the opportunities that this affords us to do schooling differently. Tell the children, you're going to have more time with mum or with dad. You might even have a chance to design your own day and you're definitely going to have more time to play. So let's focus on some of those positives. That would be my number one tip. Number two, I'd suggest to parents, can you make sure that you prioritise play? Play's free. Think about what you would have done when you were a child. For most of us, well, certainly for me, it was before the internet was invented. We would have played outside. We would have stuck sticks in the ground and gotten little stones and rolled up mud pies and we would have floated leaves down the local stream. We would have done all sorts of things that don't involve any equipment, any cost. It would have involved exploring nature. We're all at home at the moment. We're generating a heck of a lot. Kids are going through a heck of a lot of food. There'd be boxes that you could use to make sculptures, you know, recycle, reuse, have a really good time and prioritise play. That's my number two tip. My number three tip would be think about establishing a routine. I think in the school day, teachers will actually put up on their board at the beginning of the day, we're going to do some maths, we're going to do some English, there'll be reading groups, then we'll have morning tea, then there'll be um, some other type of activities of history or something, and then we might have some lunch and then there'll be sport. Ask the children to create maybe a visual timetable for themselves so they can see and monitor their progress across the course of the day of the day it helps to compartmentalize the day it helps us know that we've achieved something and that we've got some other things that we could add in as well give the children some autonomy around that let them schedule the day's structure obviously in consultation with what the school's expectations are but give them some options if the first thing they want to do is sit quietly with a book many schools bring students in for the first 10 to 15 minutes of the day and that settling is just being with a book. You know, use the school timetable. Things that the students are familiar with, I would suggest that lots of parents are factoring in a recess time, a lunch time, some crunch and sip, you know, like opportunities for little snacks and things. The kids are familiar with that and they'll enjoy recognising those routines in their day. It'll make them feel comfortable. And look, try not to over-schedule. This really is time to slow down. I've heard 
that students or children, when they're on their own, it's very different to being in the classroom, they can be expected to maintain concentration on their own for the number of years that they are old, so a nine-year-old for nine minutes plus two. So expect a nine-year-old to be able to do 11 minutes worth of something independently before they would be expecting some sort of input or engagement from someone else in the classroom. They'd be getting that from their teacher. When you're at home and parents are trying to do their own work, you can be expecting to be interrupted about every 10 minutes or say to them, after you've done your 10 or 11 minutes, there's some sticks of celery over there or there's a carrot in the fridge, go and help yourself. So have a routine that gives the children something that they can achieve and then little breaks along the way. I think number four tip would be something like incorporating a daily ritual, something that's fun, something that you step away from your computer from as well as the parent and actually do give some time to the child. Consider a dance-off. There's plenty of things that you can look on on the internet for that. Maybe you enjoy doing uh, yoga or some sort of meditation, maybe some sort of a, a, a family workout. A lot of our, our lead teachers, or not a lot of them, but some of them, have travelled over to Finland and they've put in place over there in, in an education system that has, is really quite successful. For every hour of student learning, they give the children the last 10 minutes to go outside and run around. Not structured, no equipment, no actual game, just go out and have a break. And even if it's smell the air and, you know, See if you can, how many red things can you count? I don't know. But just go and give yourself that break. But something that you can do together as a daily ritual that's enjoyable and doesn't actually involve the schoolwork. It's a break from that. And really the last tip that I'd have, five tips, is make sure that you do some focus on literacy and numeracy every day. That's what the school would be looking for. Don't try to keep up with the curriculum. That's the teacher's job. No doubt they're setting some activities that will support your child to focus on some literacy and numeracy and then see if you can incorporate that into some everyday activities. Think about the opportunities for number in playing sport, a backyard game, or playing a board game. If I roll a five, how many more will I be on now? Or think about the, some opportunities for literacy in gardening. What's the life cycle of this little moth that we've just found on the leaf? Going for a walk. I love to used to taking my kids uh, along the street. This is number 35. What will the next number be? Oh, no, it won't be 36 because, as it turns out, 36 is across the road. So two more, it's going to be 35 and 37. And, gosh, on the way back, it's 37. Take away two. So what's two numbers before 37? And, of course, the shopping. Even if you're doing online shopping, there's opportunities to say, well, gosh, if we bought five of those, would we get a special deal? Look for the maths in everyday life. I know some of the teachers are having a great time working with the children and suggesting them to perhaps notice the cooking that's happening at home. I don't know whether families, certainly I'm a family where we get HelloFresh and you get a recipe card and it's got six different photographs of the procedure of cooking or not even cooking, preparing lunch 
or making a snack. Be that food photographer. Take photos as mum or dad are making dinner one night and then sequence that the following day and write out a procedure. What about, I know that some of the teachers are setting MasterChef challenges and I believe, Marjorie, you've been involved in something like that yourself. I'm looking forward to hearing about your uh, your experiences there. I have been engaged uh, in some distance learning and I do want to take this opportunity to give a huge shout out to the remarkable teachers who have transformed distance learning to make sure that it is fun, accessible and palatable for kids during what is quite a stressful time for a lot of them as well. It really is. It really is. And so there's great little apps and I know not every child has access to devices and I know we don't want our students or our children sitting on uh, technology all day, every day. But if you can get something like the iMovie app and give the students two and a half minutes to put together the creation of dinner in some sort of manner, then you've got a procedure happening right there. Perhaps your children might be motivated by being a mad scientist. You know, what are the effects of temperature on on solids and liquids? Even the science of washing up, do you know those, we put soap into the water on purpose because those bubbles lift that dirt away and look at the sheen and the colour on those bubbles. There's some fascinating stuff that kids could get excited about there. There's some free cartooning apps and puppet apps that, again, would support students to pop their voices in and all of a sudden they're transformed into some fun characters and they could really get creative with those. I'm not, because I'm too old, to be on TikTok, but I know that children are really motivated by putting together really short, sharp, shiny videos. Imagine if you could put your six times tables to your favourite tune and put that with some fancy movements on TikTok. Be really motivating and, and students would be learning at the same time. Older kids could be writing some sort of mystery or true crime documentary. What could these ingredients possibly make? Do you know, there's so many ways that we can be creative and enjoy our children. It doesn't involve marking. It doesn't involve, we're looking for high expectations, but at the same time, it's creative, it's fun, and it just is seizing the opportunity to enjoy and decompress, I suppose, some of this pressure that that everybody is absolutely feeling at the moment. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think one of the other things that I really like to do is even use my walks as a form of teaching and learning with my nieces as we learn about things like flora and fauna. Uh, We can educate and inform ourselves in so many different spaces and it doesn't have to be in front of the screen. It doesn't have to be from a book. And I think one of the beauties, as you've identified with distance learning, is it's actually created a whole new realm of possibilities in terms of the ways that we can be learning and the types of things we can be educating ourselves on at this time. 100%. I totally agree with you, Marjorie. Let's try and and emphasise the positive where we can. And no doubt our schools are just working. We know they are working incredibly hard to provide a variety of experiences for learning for your children at home. And if it gets too much, the school will not be concerned if they step away and do some of these more 
informal opportunities. Do you know, during this time, Marjorie, when this is over, the children will not remember what they learnt, but they will remember how they felt. And I think if we can do something in that regard to continue to maintain our mindset, our positive outlook and know, I mean, what we're doing for each other right now by being in lockdown is one of the greatest community endeavours that you can ever imagine. How extraordinary that, that the vast majority of our population are doing this for each other. And if we can help our little kids understand that they are doing this for the greater good, then I can't think of anything better. Yeah, yeah. Now, Andrea, before I let you go, there are three very tough questions that we ask everyone that comes onto Coogee Voice. Uh-oh, I was unprepared for this. <laughs> you must declare the best beach in the eastern suburbs. Wow. Where you can get the best coffee from and where sells the best burgers. Go. Okay. All right. Best beach. I'd have to say I'm forever drawn to Bondi. I am only lived here in Sydney for five years. We've lived at Tamarama, we've lived at Bondi, and I'd say it's that's definitely my favourite. Thank you for giving me my favourite coffee. I don't drink it. Whoop, whoop, so I'm out of that one. Anybody that does a really excellent chai latte with leaves, they're my kind of people. So I'd be giving a shout out there to Little Jeans down in Double Bay because they do an awesome chai latte with leaves, not powder. Thanks very much. And burger. Gosh. Chicken Katsu Burger, Thirsty Bird, King's Cross. Unbelievable, delicious. They'll deliver or you go and pick it up and it's awesome every time. Andrea, what an uplifting and motivational chat. I know that so many parents that have been listening to this are going to walk away inspired and much calmer about how they feel about helping with distance learning. Thank you for joining us on Coogee Voice. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Marjorie. Take it easy, everybody. What an informative chat. Now remember, play, routine, crunch and sip, and be kind to yourself and your kids. Remember, you're not a teacher. You've been listening to Coogee Voice.